The bracket itself is annually a hot topic on this Monday after Selection Sunday. And we'll get to that and uh, certainly get in some games also. And uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joining the sports home by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. And, Kevin, good to have you back on the show again. Let's start with the number one seeds. Any issues there? You know, I, I thought the biggest issue was maybe the way that it was explained by the committee chairman and that I think that there are real arguments that you could make for for Houston above Kansas, I think that was probably the biggest controversy. It wasn't necessarily, hey, there's a, a fifth team that, that should have been a number one seed. It was more that Houston winds up going to the Midwest, Kansas winds up out west. But but when you heard sort of the description, it was, well, Houston was more competitive in its losses than, than Kansas was at, at a time. I, I think it would have been easier to explain it as, hey, you you look at every advanced metric site out there, Houston was was arguably a better team than Kansas. The numbers back that up. And when you look at that, you look at the fewer losses. Yes, Kansas, you know, had all those quadrant one wins and everything. But when you when you look at some of those other things, there's a very real argument to be made that Houston was more deserving of that number one seed. And I just thought the explanation more than anything kind of kind of lacked a little bit. Oh, totally away from that. Arizona State is an 11 seed and playing on Wednesday night in Dayton, and uh, they've uh, they're hitting 100 percent when they make the tournament of basically playing in the uh, in the Dayton part of the bracket. Uh, should should ASU? I know some ASU fans are disappointed. I don't know about angry, but disappointed that they're in that situation again. Should ASU fans just be happy, and should ASU just be happy to be in the tournament? And do they have any reason to complain? I mean, how popular is Desmond Cambridge right now? <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at the fact that Arizona State probably wouldn't even be a date if not for a, a certain half court shot uh, in Tucson. I, I mean, that was. Uh, uh, I feel like Arizona State is deserving to be in the tournament. Nevada's a tough matchup. One of the things that you look at when you look at NCAA tournament teams, I feel like, is look at the way that they value possession or are able to create extra possessions or are able to keep other people from creating extra possessions. And, and Nevada's a good defensive rebounding team. They don't allow teams to do well on the offensive glass. They take care of the ball really well and they get to the free throw line and they shoot well once they get there and so it's not necessarily that Nevada is a is a super dynamic team obviously the Wolfpack are, are in that spot for a reason as well but I do think that Nevada has sort of some interesting traits that that make it to where Arizona State's going to have to actually beat Nevada Nevada is not going to beat itself I do think that when Arizona State locks in defensively you know, this is a team that has a chance to, to win a game, not just maybe against Nevada, but potentially on it if they wind up making it out of that first four game. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised Nevada even got in. Uh, you know, they lost sure. that game, they lost to UNLV a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously they didn't you know, do as well in the, the Mountain West tournament as they planned on doing. So that part surprised me. In fact, of the teams in the field, I probably have less information, at least right now. I'll change this by the time we get to, to Tuesday and Wednesday. I probably have less info on Nevada than any other team because I just kind of sort of quit paying attention to them. 
Sure, I, I get that. And, and Will Baker is kind of a fun guy to watch. He started his college career at Texas, uh, their seven-foot center, and you know was a fairly highly regarded recruit. was was kind of an inside-out type guy. I think he hit you know twenty-one or twenty-two three-pointers this year as a seven-footer. So it's not something he does a lot, but it is something that uh, that can add maybe a little bit of an extra dimension there where. You know, people are always afraid of, of the bad things, the outlier things happening in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. right? This guy, yeah. you know, he only makes two three-pointers a game. Why does he have to make five three-pointers against us? You know, what it means uh, going home or whatever. And I think that, that Baker is kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, Nevada was right on that line. And, and when you look at the fact that the postseason didn't go well, like you said, I think it was kind of another example in that a lot of fans want to look at and say, hey, recently this team hasn't been very good, but the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, they don't look at that anymore. It's not a, here's how you did in your last 10 games, here's how you did in your last 12. It's not how you did in your last game. It's, you know, hey, this is the season-long resume. You know, every game counts the same, and Nevada was able to, to kind of sneak its way in. Should they look at that? I mean, as you mentioned, they used to. I remember the last 10 and the last 12 sure. used to be a big deal. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when you look at Nevada specifically, I mean, you're you're looking at a team that, that went two and four over its last six games. And obviously you stretch that out to, to 10 games and it's going to look a little bit different. You stretch it on to 12, it's going to look a little bit different. But, you know, I, I keep going back to the example of, Oklahoma when Trey Young was there, right? I mean, they kind of mm. captured uh, captured the hearts of America by January and were forgotten about by March because, right. uh, you know, they they wound up, one, I think, oversaturating a little bit on highlight shows and, and things like that. But even beyond that, it was a team that, you know, just badly slumped down the stretch. And I think anybody who saw that Oklahoma team play over the final few weeks said this isn't an NCAA tournament team. And they go to the NCAA tournament and wind up, you know, not being uh, not being effective and getting bounced in their first game. And so I do think recency is is something that they should look at. Of course, the flip side of that is is occasionally you get somebody like UCLA a couple years ago where, you know, the recency thing wasn't as big of a deal as when they settled down and got into March. You know, they they were pretty darn good. Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports, currently in the sports zone. Uh, the University of Arizona, two-seed in the south. We good with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think Arizona has kind of a uh, kind of a fascinating road there in that you know, a lot of people are, are listing Missouri as kind of a dangerous opponent in that second round. I don't know that Missouri is going to get past Utah State. You know, when you look at, at matchups and, and the way that teams, you know, the whole styles make fights type of thing, Missouri's defense, it, it's not average. It's bad. It, it's really bad. And the one thing that Missouri does really well is they turn teams over, and that kind of helps Missouri get uh, get some looks on offense and, and get into tempo and things like that. Well, Utah State is a team that moves the ball incredibly well. They're a really good shooting team. I think they're top 10 in the country in assist rate. Mm-hmm. You know, top 15, I think, in the country in three-point percentage. And so if you're looking for a team that, hey, they've got a week to prepare for Missouri, 
you know, that could be a situation where Utah State has the pieces, sort of the calmness to move the ball around, get the shots they want to get. And so if Arizona winds up then, you know, getting Utah State in the second round, you know, potentially getting somebody like Creighton in the Sweet 16, this is a chance for Arizona to really make a run this year. And and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to see kind of how all of that matches up. Yeah, if Arizona plays Missouri, like, what is that, the first team to 90, 85? <laughs> oh, it, it, it'll it'll be totally crazy. I, I mean, and if Missouri is is not making shots, you know, it could be, That's true. Could be one of those games where you have, you know, 85 to 62 or, or whatever. Yeah. And that's happened to Missouri a couple times this year as well. All right, UCLA, you know, the Jalen Clark injury and then the bonus situation, even though they say bonus coming back, they haven't said anything to my knowledge publicly on Clark, which, you know, there's reports that he's out for the season. They got uh, a two seed. Uh, Where do we look at – how do we look at UCLA right now? Yeah, you ever have, like, a friend that goes out in your group and he wears, like, really wacky stuff, (laughs) and, like, you're almost, like, embarrassed to be seen with him a little bit, but he is – 100% 100% comfortable in, like, his own skin. I, I feel like that's UCLA a little bit in that when you play UCLA, you play at UCLA style, and they are incredibly comfortable in that. It doesn't matter how up-tempo you are. It doesn't matter how you try to hurry UCLA up. You know, they're just very methodical. And, and so even without Jalen Clark, even without, you know, Bona playing in that game against Arizona – that game was played the way UCLA wanted it to be played. And UCLA was an open jump shot at the end of that game away from from winning even without those guys. And so when you look at how many teams have injuries right now and how many teams yeah. have question marks, first of all, it's as many as I can remember. You know, obviously we've had, you know, sort of superstars get hurt before. You know, Kenyon Martin's the one that immediately jumps to mind and, and things like that. But it feels like you have more injury questions with teams this year, you know, whether it's Kevin McCullough at Kansas, you know, Marcus Sasser sat out, you know, Houston's game and, and just kind of on down the line. And when I look at the way that UCLA played against Arizona, if they do get Bona back and if he is, you know, some semblance of what he usually is, I think that I, I don't fear it as much with UCLA because I still know that, hey, who's on that court for the Bruins, you're you're still going to have to beat UCLA at UCLA's game, and that's just not a very easy thing to do. I'm glad you mentioned that about the injury thing. I, I've never seen like this. You know, I try to track these that kind of crazy. things, and it's nuts. And it's really been crazy for, like, over a month now. And yeah. unfortunately, it's just kind of compounded itself in the last, you know, two, three weeks with some key guys, and we're not sure, you know, whether the McCullers of the world and others, uh, and Sasser, obviously, uh, for Houston, you know, what their status is, even though they seem to say the right things. But they always say the right things right before the selection committee makes their choices. Yeah, and you look at it even a step beyond that. Let's say that, that Marcus Sasser plays, or or let's say that, that Kevin McCuller plays, where's the guarantee that they're going to play at 100%? Or yeah. even if they are you know, at a high level physically, what's to say they aren't going to display a little bit of rust coming back after missing a game or two? And when you're looking at the NCAA tournament, a lot of times stuff like that can 
can really be what, what swings the tide. I know a lot of people are, are buying into Kentucky, you know, as a team that mm. is, you know, has a lot of talent, is supposedly just getting healthy now, but, you know, they haven't played with a lot of those pieces for all that long this season. And so what are the odds that, hey, everything is just going to come together and everybody's going to be perfect in their spot in the rotation and, and you're not going to have any rust or anything like that to knock off? I, I think it's relatively low. Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports, currently in the sports zone. All right. Um, I haven't really scouted out the brackets themselves, who's going to play who eventually. I'm just trying to find some winners for the first round here. But the West, it seems, from what I've heard last night and this morning, and I've looked at it enough to realize that uh, it seems like the West is stacked with top teams. Sure. Yeah, are you, uh, are you a Ken Palm believer at all? Uh, I, I, I reference it. I don't always agree with it. Kind of drives sure. me a little nuts. I know that they, what is it, like five of the top 11 teams from Kempom or in the West? Yeah, yeah, it's five of the top 11. Arkansas, which is the number eight seed, so, you know, if Kansas gets by the first round, that yeah. could be Kansas' opponent, is number 20 in Kempom. So Kansas could, as a one seed, could need to beat a top 20 team, at least in Kempom's ranking, just to get to the Sweet 16. And so when you look at it, you know, I do think there's some noise in there. I think, you know, St. Mary's has been, you know, I think the number 11 most efficient team. I think when you saw St. Mary's play against Gonzaga specifically in that last game, you know, there was a little bit of a shock to the athleticism that Gonzaga had. And I think, you know, they're more likely to face more teams like that in the tournament, you know, UConn, I think it is very dangerous. I, I don't know that they're the fourth best team in the country like Ken Palm has, but you look at those pieces and, and that's, that's the team that, you know, was number one in the country for a while, slumped it, and then kind of picked it back up it, at the end of the year. And so that's a dangerous team. UCLA is always going to play very well, you know, in terms of efficiency metrics, because that's kind of what they do. But the thing that, that kind of cracks me up a little bit is Kansas is the number one seed in that region, and Ken Palm gives Kansas the fourth best odds to get out of that region. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that kind of tells you, and obviously some of that's who you're playing and what rounds and all of that, but at the same time, I mean, that's kind of staggering. Yeah, Bill Self does just be going, what, this is not, not a good 10 days or so for me. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not- yeah. Yeah, I'm coming out of the hospital to this. What's what's going on? So yeah, you know, it, get moved it, out of it, Kansas City too. Situation. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a tough situation, and I think that's another thing that's going to be interesting. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Is you know, Kansas is just saying, "Hey, Bill Self is going to be there, and he's going to coach the team too." But I, I feel like a lot of Kansas teams kind of thrive off of self intensity a little bit yeah. and to what level is he able to be you know bill self in all caps if you will you know as kansas tries to move through this bracket all right so we're on to the snub part here uh yeah i'm not sure if any team really deserves to be all that upset because uh, every team that didn't make it has reasons they didn't make it but i guess rutgers at least nationally speaking seems to have the the biggest uh i wouldn't say complaint but i've heard people try to support them more than anybody are you along those lines yeah i think rutgers oklahoma 
data is kind of in there a little bit. You know, it, it's interesting because every year, you know, people who, who kind of in bed with the selection committee and understand their decision making, they'll say, you know, the committee doesn't care what conference you play in. You know, that all, literally they get the team sheet that says who you beat, who you didn't, you know, what you did against them. And I, I think that that was maybe never more clear as it was with Oklahoma State because that was a team that went 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12. The Big 12 has gotten teams in at 7-11 and 11 before. West Virginia got in this year at 7-11 and 11 in the Big 12. And, and Oklahoma State had, had a lot of quad one wins. I think they wound up at, at 6. But there wasn't a quote unquote Big Twelve, you know, extra credit, if you will, like some people were were maybe asking earlier. I think Seth Davis asked in the or in the high seed reveal like a month ago. It said, "Hey, it looks like all ten Big Twelve teams could wind up making it in. <laughs> Seven wound up making it in. Uh, but Rutgers, I, I think, is kind of an interesting case study too in that." You know, Rutgers kind of collapsed down the stretch. I know they don't look at, at recency or, or whatever else, but they, they kind of collapsed out after an injury with a player and Mag getting knocked out for the right. season. And so I'm not saying that that was, that was, you know, the number one consideration that, hey, this team isn't the tournament team when, when Mag isn't playing, but I do think that there are some things there where, where you could look at it and say season-long resume – Yes, you know, but maybe Rutgers isn't an NCAA tournament team right now. Yeah, and Oklahoma State lost their point guard Anderson like a couple sure. of weeks ago. So, and he hasn't come back. He's, you know, I don't think he's coming back no matter how long they were going to be playing this year. So, I assume yep. that played a role too. Uh, I would, I would believe that it, it probably did. I know that Oklahoma State went into the Big Twelve tournament, you know, kind of feeling like, hey, a, a win. You know, and we have this thing sealed. They got the win. It was it was over Oklahoma. You know, the the last place team in the Big Twelve, and, and that wound up not being enough. But you know, it, it was it was kind of one of those things where I I'm right there with you, and that I think some years you look at teams that get left out, and you want to kind of clear everything off your desk. You're so mad about it. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I I like don't right think now. this is that year. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that this is that year. I think that. There are teams that, you know, can feel like, you know, yeah, we, we belonged, we should have gotten in. But at the same time, I think people can counter and say, well, you didn't because of X, Y. All right, Kevin, good stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, by the way, when I was in high school, a guy named Rick Ivey used to dress crazily, and we were embarrassed to go out with the guy. So there's there's my answer <laughs> to the question from before. So there you go. There you go. That's, it. That's your UCLA of the friend group. Got to respect so, it. It's like four. It's like fifty years ago almost, and I still remember. That's the first thing I immediately thought of when you said that. So, all right, Kevin, well, good stuff. Lot, I, thank you, thank you very much, Kevin Flaherty of Twenty Four Seven Sports.